Welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Hello, friends. Summer has unofficially arrived in the Northern Hemisphere. I hope you have some plans to make the most of that extra daylight. It's been a while since we talked about storytelling for pitching investors, so let's fix that right now, shall we? Oksana Buft is the CEO and creative director of Theoria Creative, where they help early-stage biotech and life science companies articulate their value to investors. Oksana, welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio. Thank you for having me. Good to see you again, Chris. Likewise. So let's talk about uh, pitching to investors and the importance of storytelling in that process. First of all, tell us a little bit about Theoria Creative so people understand the context, um, what you do, and and how clients find you. So in a nutshell, we're fundraising marketing for life sciences. Uh, What we do is we translate complex science into clear messages simple graphics and persuasive stories. But before I move on, I kind of want to step aside and add a little about marketing at this point, because in biotech, uh, they tend to hire marketing people later uh, in the process when they're commercial, when they are ready to push the product towards uh, the uh, patients and they need to communicate the value of the product and such. And so that's where biotech usually tend to hire marketing. But everyone uh, is uh, forgetting that for the biotech to get to this point, they really need to survive their early stages. They need to raise money. And that process requires marketing as well, because it's the same messaging that needs to be tweaked to the targeted audience and help the company communicate their value so they can raise money, do their uh, excellent science, survive and actually commercialize at the end. So we are in the process, pretty much in the business of marketing for fundraising uh, steps. And uh, uh, as you imagine, marketing for, uh, let's say, uh, product development and commercialization process, that's pretty much how we work, but it's specific for investors, our target audience, usually investors or partners for for our clients. And it's the same thing. We need to help them tell their story, explain their value, and make it as clear as possible because unlike with patients, you only get half an hour with investors and you need to convince them to give you or give them your money, their money. Yeah. So it's a big deal. I mean, this is not the first time that a similar conversation has come up about the importance of developing marketing and biotech companies long before you're ready to start selling actual products. Right. I mean, that's a good Good lesson to keep in mind. So a company um, comes to you looking for help with their investor presentation, their deck, but if they don't have the right story, neither of you are going to be successful. So how do you go about, what's your process to finding the story and give us some examples about mm-hmm. how, it, how it works out? Uh, so first of all, not every client thinks they need help. Sometimes, <laughs> now sometimes they need help understanding that they need help. 
Um, and uh, but uh, we're lucky in that regard that we usually work with VCs. We usually work with PR firms or IR firms when they have already third party that they trust that can tell them, look, guys, you need to really clarify your story and help with that. So that's our kind of uh, uh, h- how we usually find clients. They usually come to us by referral. Um, and then the process is, um, again, at this point, when the company grows, the CEO and executive team, they have to do so much. It's just, and oftentimes they don't even know what's available for them, right? And so we try not to ask them, what do you think you want? Because we know that they they didn't even have time to think about it, right? And so what we do is we usually try to look at what they have. And that comes through a series of conversations, just like you and I, right? We un- we try to understand the area of their, let's say, therapeutic area, the science uh, hypothesis or the data that they have. And then we simply start having conversations with them that help us understand how to position this company favorably in front of investors and what are the strengths that are buried in all this technical scientific conversations that they usually tend to present rather than a story. So through a series of uh, conversations and uh, uh, obviously the background that we have in advertising and marketing, we try to extract the value and help them have the story. And usually the end result is the pitch deck that they use. And we also give them um, sort of uh, more or less talk track how to present this deck, what points to make and what that's to connect with the investors. And so um, what are some of the components of the story? I mean, I'm guessing if we're looking at a patient audience, there's, you know, there's the disease indication and so on. Then there's maybe the existing standard of care and the size of the available market. Is it like that? Are there other aspects? And then of course, how your, technology or your science is different and in what way in terms of cost or effectiveness or ease of delivery? Yeah. So I think when you talk with patients, the big difference is that you're talking to the audience that has an acute need, right? When you talk to investors, they don't have acute need to give their money to you, right? So it's, it makes it a lot harder uh, to convince them that you are the right candidate, right? You, you're the right company to invest into. And uh, uh, in many cases, when we talk to scientists, they say, well, it's all in the science. Um, you know, the science has to be good. But the reality is people who don't have good science, they're not at a point to go to investors. So investors tend to look at companies that have something that has a positive data, data that is promising, right? And so what makes them differentiate you versus others, especially if you're in the similar space. And that's where the story can really change the perception. And I'll share a couple of examples later, but that's more or less what we tried to help because obviously we can't influence uh, the data they have, the science they do, but we do influence how they present, how they talk about it and how convincing it is for investors, how appealing it is. Right. And, uh, uh, there are some examples that I, I could share. Um, so, for example, we had one client a couple of years ago. It was a very interesting story. They uh, were about to go public when a competitor got bought for a lot of money. And they were pretty much the second company in line doing exactly the same. 
And when we got to look at what they have, most of their slides in the deck were comparing themselves to the competitor because they were trying to communicate to investors, we are different, our data is better, but we're a little behind. We just go in public and that company was already public and they got bought. So what do we do? Um, and uh, again, through, through our process, and it was a lengthy process because we really needed to tease out what's happening. We ended up actually uh, finding a very simple thing that was behind their signs, in the essence of their signs. Uh, and that was their starting point because um, there was a publication that everybody, the first uh, our first companies that followed this science, they followed a certain publication, certain research that was done. And obviously all the companies that popped up after that publication was released, they all were working similarly and they were showing similarly similar data and similar um, toxicities that they had. But uh, our clients, they took a different route. They started a little bit later and uh, they had an opportunity to uh, work with a different scientific hypothesis to begin with. It was the same uh, area, right? But it was slightly looked at differently. So it allowed them to construct what they were doing in their science very differently. And so the data they were showing, despite that the area was exactly the same, the data was different. And all they could do, they didn't think about explaining this to investors in terms of, look, we just started it differently. They were just trying to show the charts. Again, it's scientific thinking because they believe that data will speak uh, for itself, but it, it was not. It didn't help um, uh, in that regard until they explain why their data was different. Right. And again, it's in the story. And there are many different examples like this. Uh, where we could show that the data uh, uh, helps a lot. Obviously, that's something that you discover with investors after your initial meeting. But the good story is what gets you uh, at the door and the good story is what gets them interesting in, in your story. Yeah, so you talk about them starting at a different point. So does it sort of reposition because the what do the investors see in in that different story that makes them more confident to put their money there that they see um you know less trouble down the line bigger market how easier to sell to providers and payers because of that story so at the very beginning, it was this particular story. It was very simple. Companies that go public, they're, they're too early yet to be commercialized, right? They need a lot of money for clinical research. And for that reason, they go public because private money is no longer enough. And so in this particular case, the investors, they are financial people and um, it's institutional investors, right, that are run by financial analysts, people who are not scientists, people who simply look at it and uh, they might not know the details in most cases, right? And so the the problem there was is that, well, we already invested in company like this. Why would we invest in the company that is right behind, right? And uh, uh, that was the culprit that they had to overcome because they needed to communicate why their science is different because showing good data and better outcomes 
uh, in comparison to the company that was already public was not enough. And that's kind of going back to that uh, remark that a lot of our clients say, well, if we have good data, we won't have issues raising. Uh, it's not always the case. Right. It's all, I mean, scientists always very focused on the data. I'm still, I guess I'm kind of curious about what it is that the investors saw about the story that makes them think it's worth putting their money on. Well, they um, understood that, the, 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 the science behind it is very different. They okay. understood because at first you look at it, so it's the same target, the same molecule. The data is a little bit different. So how sustainable could it be when we already invested in company that is far ahead? And, you know, in biotech, it's a, a rat race. Who's first to the finish line gets the market, right? And so why would they invest in the company that is behind? And uh, once they were able to understand that the um, origin of the science is slightly different and its construct of the product is different, that's the reason why it gives different outcomes. That's changed the whole perception because they probably start looking at it at a, as a different opportunity, not just a copy opportunity. Okay. Um so what advice um, do you give companies about how they present their story to investors once you've helped them figure out what it is and built a deck and, and talking points? What, how do you advise them to present? Uh, I usually tell them that uh, a lot is in psychology. Uh, our brain uh, is very powerful tool, but extremely lazy. And uh, uh, when we know something or have heard about something, our brain fills in the gaps for us. And so when you pitch to investors that are financial people, not so much scientists, and when they think they've heard about it somewhere else, their brain already has a response. And so you lose a chance to present your point of view. So when we construct the deck, we want to make sure that we, we find those points that we need to connect and we don't leave that investor's brain to fill in the gap for us until our client gets a chance to present. And so that's what we usually tell them. It's not just about you talking about your company. You have to strategically connect the dots so you can guide their mind and control more or less their wandering brain uh, to make sure that they understand your point of view, your responses before they start filling in gaps based on what they've learned before uh, or maybe read in the magazines, right? And so uh, for for us, the advice is stay strategic and always give them one message at a time because that's another issue that we have with a lot of our clients is that sometimes you open the deck and you look at the slide and you try to understand what is it trying to say. It has everything, right? Nearly entire entire pitch is in one slide. And so, of course, at this point, you, you lose the audience. So we try to have one message at a time and connect those messages strategically so it doesn't leave um, uh, time uh, or opportunity for investors to kind of doze off and, you know, don't even follow your pitch. Yeah. So can you give us some examples of what those dots might be? What what the different messages, how you lead them through that? Yes. So uh, obviously it depends story from story because every client, it's, we don't have a story that we apply to our clients. It's the stories that we discover. And every company has its own challenges. Some companies are early. They don't have clinical data. So how do you go about that? Some clients 
are, uh, let's say, uh, doing a groundbreaking science, so nobody can even relate to it, right? Some of them uh, do the opposite. They, for example, follow what was done, but now technology had progressed and they create something better that has better opportunities, cheaper to produce and so on, right? So every story is very, very different. Um, what I usually try to do with our clients in general is that I always try to create a positioning slide. And it's not necessarily that they might use it in the deck eventually, but it really gets them thinking, especially when we present it to them for the first time, they get to see because um, the work we produce is all visual. And so once they see how we position them, then it gets them thinking, or is that us? Is it really us? Or maybe something is not right, or maybe we're not understanding who we are. Do we need to catch up to this message and things like this? So one of the things we always do is positioning. And uh, positioning is uh, really uh, kind of a starting point. This is the company that we see you, you are as a client, and this is what we see you do. And so it sort of like... Um, it gives them a reflection at what they have, fresh perspective, right? Because again, as you know, they have to wear so many hats, especially earlier stage companies. They are uh, they doing a lot of pitches. They talking to uh, partners. They trying to raise money. They try to build their network and things like this. And so um, sometimes just getting a fresh perspective really kind of stops them, and they're like, "Oh, okay." So that's how we we present ourselves. Um, that's one of the things. Other things depend on where the company is, and I'll kind of go through what I've already told you. So, for example, if the company is way too early, and obviously investors want clinical data, but we can't produce it for them even if we want to. But um, for this for these companies, what we usually do is that let's validate what you have. Uh, is the target that you're using already clinically or commercially validated? Is the uh, chemistry that you use is validated? So at least rely on something that you can say, look, this works. We took this piece and we're taking it further, right? So that's one of the approaches we do. Then another approach for companies that work on something groundbreaking and uh, it's simply... Uh, investors can't relate to, to it and it's hard for them in many cases hard to understand and I'll give you an example we had a client recently they engineer organs and it completely blew my mind when I learned what they do and how humble they are about it and uh, because they're humble they didn't really tell much and it just, um, you know, very general. And so investors had hard time understanding the value and the risks and everything. And so what you need to make clear is that, you know, every innovation is not based out of thin air. It's based on previous innovations. And so, again, relate back to what's validated, what they can understand, and then explain how you move it forward, what's next for it, right? And uh, try to at least ease their minds with the fact that yes, it's novel, no one has done something like this, but it's built out of pieces that have been around for a while and have been validated, right? And and so on. And um, 
then the third bucket that I kind of shared with you was the companies that try to uh, go after validated markets, uh, after validated targets, for example, but they are improving because the technology moved on and uh, you can do so much more and better and more cost efficient now. And so these companies, we usually help them clarify clarity. You really need to explain uh, what it was, what opportunity you saw, because obviously you're not just copying someone, right? You saw an opportunity to compete with them. So what was that thinking process? So how did you see you can fill in this kind of need, right? And and then uh, what exactly that you've done. And so uh, the clarity helps with the structuring those messages and things like this. But those are just kind of basic three examples, but obviously as many companies, as many stories out there. Right. The the thread through all of those is you have to peg your presentation to something the investors already do understand. And where are we going from that, right? I mean, It's clarity. I think for, first and foremost, it's clarity. And again, as I mentioned before, you kind of, when, once you give them very clear message on one slide, very clear message on another slide, it's a lot easier to understand, right? And so you get to guide them that way because now they kind of, because the brain understand everything, it's not lazy anymore to switch off for something easier or like checking your phone or things like this, right? And so that way you guide them and have their attention. Okay, so now let's take the next step. So maybe they've been funded and then the data doesn't go the way they think when they make some other discovery and they need to pivot. And, you know, they're not done, but they have to go in a different direction. How do you, what does that look like in terms of developing a story and telling investors like, okay, you you bought on board for this, but now we need to do this. Yeah, that happens often in biotech as well. And um, sometimes when we have clients like that and we first meet and I can see their materials and it strikes me as very defensive. It feels like they're a kid uh, that is cornered because it did something wrong and it's trying to explain himself that he didn't do nothing wrong, right? And that's what I usually think when I see those decks. Um, but the truth is no one succeeds without failing, right? And so that's what usually is behind it. And uh, we've had several uh, stories like this build already when the company, let's say 10 years or older, but they still don't even have a product in the clinic. They're all still preclinical because they've pivoted. They, they've done a lot of other things. And so you do need to look at this. Um, unfortunately, clients, when they work on this on their own, they try to cover it up, not to talk about it and focus investor attention at what they have at the moment. But the reality is investors can Google too, right? And so they can see where you've been, even if you rebranded or changed your name. Um, and so for us, we really dive into all those, let's say, 10 years. We're trying to understand what did you do? Where did you fail? What you learned there? What happened, right? And um, one example that comes to mind is that um, the company was trying to be self-sufficient. So at the early stages, they tried to partner a lot because they wanted to make money so they can continue their research. And so uh, that was one piece of it. 
do tell them this. I mean, uh, it shows them that you're also business people. You're, you're thinking ahead. You're trying to fund your own processes, right? That's a positive thing. Don't don't think it's a negative thing. And another is that over that uh, 10 period of time, you've done tremendous research. You've probably improved some processes. Most likely you have some IP. Most likely you have something proprietary. And so what is that? Um, in uh, one of the companies that come to mind, uh, we un- uncovered that they had a tremendous platform that they've built that they never mentioned because they had tremendous technical side of the business that was consistently looking for new, new opportunities, new molecules, new things. And they captured all of this data. So the data they created was absolutely amazing. And uh, so we presented that. And I remember uh, the CBO at some point, she was writing to us and she said, oh my God, it resonates with investors. Aksana, it resonates, they understand, <laughs> right? And so again, um, there is a lot of things, but they're individual to every story, but don't give up. Don't think that you've done something wrong because you've done a lot of things that made you better now. Right. A couple of thoughts. You know, you're not, you're probably not the first company that to pivot that these investors have seen. They, they know the business they're in. Right. Um, I do a lot of work with uh, Brian Morgan, who's been on this podcast. He's a writing instructor, but he always says people don't always care what you think. They want to know how you got to it, mm-hmm. right? And similarly for your science, whatever you're going to do now, credibility is the most important thing. And if they trust and respect the work you've done, they're going to trust you in a new direction. All right. Last question. Let's say uh, they you've been handed a big wad of cash and now you're moving on, but there's probably another fundraising round down the road. What are the steps between having just gotten funded and getting ready for the next round? Oh, it doesn't stop in biotech. If you got money today, get start working on the next round tomorrow, right? right. And, uh, because uh, the process is long. And I know everybody got so excited in the past couple of years during COVID when uh, money were free and the valuations were high. And it was fairly easy to raise money. But now it looks like we're back to what it was pre-COVID, which is, you know, it takes longer for investors to come on board. So it's a lengthy process. What we usually recommend is that, again, if you're early a company, you need to get on the map. You don't exist. No one knows about you. So get on the map, uh, get get noticed. And one of, of the cheapest easiest way to do that is linkedin make yourself present on linkedin post your updates uh, 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 follow others and reach out to investors again so that's one of the first very first things that you as a company can do and it won't cost you anything Um, plus again it's a networking tool so investors when you reach out they can start seeing what you're working on What we always recommend at this point is that just be honest to yourself and true to yourself when you plan your milestones. Because investors, if it picks their interest, they're going to go on your website and read what you're planning to do and then check back and see, have you achieved that, right? So that's another point is make sure your milestones are realistic and you achieve them. And once you achieve them, that gives you a content and an opportunity to reach out to investors or make a post and say, hey, we reached a milestone, yay. <laughs> um, 
And then uh, obviously uh, important piece is the messaging and the story. And if you're very scientific, if your story is very scientific, make sure that it's very clear to them to understand what space you're in, what you're after. And uh, uh, especially if you're working with any challenges in your pitch, uh, make that clear and uh, easy to understand. I we, we recommend having a website as extension of your pitch because that's way, where they're going to go, right? Before, even if they talk to you, they're going to look at your website and see whom they talking to, who is your team, what you uh, what you do. So again, maybe before you pitch, your website already pitched you. So keep that in mind and make sure your website is up to date and make sure the story and messaging is cohesive with what you're going to tell investors, right? Because if your website says that you're developing an antibody and then all of a sudden you come in and pitch a medical device after you connected, that just, I mean, I know it's extreme, but... Just to give you an example, right? And it's a lengthy process. And uh, to to us, it's um, uh, it's marketing. It's pure marketing. It's pretty much just staying in touch, keeping the relationship, and delivering the message consistently. Yeah, website doesn't have to be complicated anymore. I mean, I, it seems like in the early days you had to have all kinds of pages, and now. A lot of times just a one scrolling page is what I see for a lot of companies and can be perfectly clear. Yeah, um, and illustrations help significantly, especially in science, because we, we illustrate how the mechanism of action works. And so it really helps them visualize without spending too much time on your website, which is uh, helpful. Right. You, yeah, that brings up a good point. You want them to leave sort of understanding, not like, oh, that's too complicated. I'm never coming back, right? Yeah. Oksana, both, that's, this has been great. I mean, really helpful. I'm sure a lot of people will get a lot out of it. Thank you so much for taking the time to share it with me today. Well, pleasure speaking to you, and thanks a lot for having me. Oh, my pleasure. We see this over and over again. Story is a powerful thing. Scott Galloway, if you listen to his podcast, will tell you it accounts for a lot of your valuation. He also says it's hard to read the label from inside the bottle, by which he means it's always worth getting an outside view of your work. If you enjoy this podcast, you know at least two other people who will also enjoy it. Do me a favor and please share it with them. That would be much appreciated. Enjoy the long weekend. Bye-bye.